Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll get the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character in our culture of technology and media. You know, we call it Brave Parenting because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to not only keep on top of changing technology, but then decide how to incorporate that into our family's lives. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. So glad to be back with you all today. And we have a very special guest. We're going to be talking about smartphones and 18. 18 and smartphone life. My guest on the show today is a friend of our family. Her name is Molly. Welcome to the show, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're very excited. So we're going to take a look at what it's like to be 18, which is where Molly's at. She's just graduated high school. She'll be transitioning into college here in a couple months, whether we know what that looks like, right? We're coming out of quarantine and a pandemic. But nonetheless, you are an adult now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And so we're going to just talk about what it looks like to be an adult and transition off of your parents' rules, off of maybe their limits of screen time or certain apps, and really what it's looked like for this age and this generation in their smartphone life. So let's dive right in. All right, Molly, let's talk about this. So you're 18. Your generation, your age group, um, the class of 2020, we'll say, really were, I think, one of the first group of kids that started using smartphones at the end, really, of elementary school, if not in elementary school, as you entered into sixth grade. So if we kind of turn back the clock here, we're talking 2013, 2014. Does that sound about accurate to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. So did you have a phone around that age? When did you get your first smartphone? So I got my first smartphone in the seventh grade. So I was about 13 years old, 12 years old, around that age. And did you have friends um, around you that had already had smartphones that you were like really envious of, or were you one of the first ones? So a lot of my friends had phones before me. So I was pretty jealous. I was like, I got to be in this group. I've got to have a phone. This flip phone isn't working for me anymore. So yeah, that's how I felt. (laughs) Right. And so you got your first smartphone. And what did that look like? What sort of apps or limits did your parents have? I know that back in that day, because I also have children around your age, we really had no clue what was going on with the smartphones. We sort of all just handed them over to our kids and thought it was a good idea. So what was your experience? Yeah, so I was allowed to have games and then also Instagram. My, Like you said, my parents did not know anything about smartphones. They didn't know what Instagram was. No one really knew what Instagram was. So That being said, I don't really blame them for their lack of knowledge on it or anything, but I'm not sure it was such a good idea for a kid my age. But did your friends all have Instagram at that time? They did. They all had it. You all had it. So it just felt like the natural thing to do. Right. So what was your experience as a 13-year-old, which is by and far the normal age for kids to get Instagram? What was your experience those years ago? basically posting my every move, what I was eating, where I was going to go, what I was doing, checking how many followers I had, probably about 14 at the time, (laughs) just, you know, checking the comments, seeing what my friends were doing, 
on it all the time. During middle school, you felt like you were on it all the time? Yes, definitely. And did that feel good? Did it um, hinder your studies or your relationships, like your friend relationships or the relationships at home and your and with your family and siblings? I think that it was the first time that I noticed when I would hang out with my friends that we'd all be looking down at our phones. Mm. And that was really the first time I've seen that happen. You know, now like our parents have them and kind of everyone's on their phone. But I had never really experienced that. So it was different. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like, shouldn't we do something, you know? But at the same time, I was still engulfed as well. So I can't say that I wasn't on that bandwagon also. So I think it definitely hindered a lot of good conversations that could have been had with my friends as well as my family. But yeah. So you're allowed to have games. You're allowed to have Instagram. Now, looking back, would you agree that that is an appropriate age for someone to be on Instagram as about sixth, seventh grade? I don't think so, actually, at all. Um, If I think back to my judgment when I was that age, I can't imagine. Like, when I have my own child, when they're that age, I can't imagine getting them a phone just based (laughs) on how I was at that age. No, like, no decision-making skills whatsoever. The things I posted, just, it's like, that's what, it's just not, I guess not appropriate for a kid. I mean, I would have to agree. I think it's even worsened if we're talking about Instagram specifically. We think about what it was in 2014, six years ago. It's definitely grown, right? It's got more people and the content on there, I think, is even more risque, really, if you you think it. I think more people, young people are posting a lot of things that maybe they weren't back in 2014. Right. So on that, right, so right now, I don't know if you know this statistic or not, the average child receives their first phone at age 10, which averages about fourth grade. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's a good trend, knowing what you know? insane. That sounds insane (laughs) to me. Like, I cannot imagine. I understand, you know, people are like, oh, education, but it's not. I just, fourth grade, that's elementary school. You still have recess. You don't need to be having a phone at that Mm -hmm. time. It's just, it sounds wrong to me. Yeah, but it's happening, right? I mean, you see, and they feel very much um, ready for that technology. So you wouldn't say that even though, you know, you know how much you can do on technology And you even done um, school online, right? Not only just Mm -hmm. during pandemic, but you actually finished your high school last couple of years doing online homeschool. Knowing the way technology sort of has enveloped all of our lives, you would still say, hey, when I look at kids, it's just like, wait, hold off because you have the rest of your years to be on this device. Oh, definitely. When I look back now, knowing that those fourth graders have iPhones and, you know, Instagram and all that, I like so glad that I didn't have that I had such a good elementary school childhood I feel like I really got the most out of it because I didn't have that distraction and that influence on my Mm -hmm. life I feel really blessed that I didn't have that that's yeah that's awesome that's it's good insight I think for parents it's good motivation for us to see someone of your age to be able to say I may have wanted it younger but looking back I know I didn't need it younger yeah. So it really kind of motivates us to, to make that brave choice of really holding off for that first smartphone. So let's talk yeah. about you now a little bit. So are you, do you still have Instagram? We talked a little bit about how, how you used yeah, it and it kind of so, became a time waster. 
Yeah. So I don't have Instagram anymore. I didn't delete my account, but I deleted the app and I haven't gotten it back. I don't use it. Yeah, I was all the time on it, just constantly scrolling, constantly coveting, constantly looking at things that I wanted to be, people I wanted to hang out with. Just it's just a lot of time on it. So yeah, I deleted the app and I it was a great decision, honestly. And was it your decision or did you feel like pressure from your parents to say, hey, this is just I, getting out of control? I, yeah, I didn't feel pressure from my parents at all. They they never even said anything to me about it. I just honestly felt a really just convicted about it that I was spending too much time on this, not enough time with my family, not mm. enough time with my friends face to face. Like I said, when I was younger, that first time I noticed that we were kind of all on our phones, that really bothered me. And I just didn't really want to do that anymore. Hmm. That's so profound. That's really amazing. I mean, that's kind of, I think, what we pray for a lot of our children to be able to discover, you know, at your age. So that's great. So what, how old were you when you decided that you weren't going to be on Instagram? I was around 16. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I just feel like I realized that I just didn't really need it. I didn't, it was kind of more of a burden than something fun. It wasn't just oh, a fun app to go look on. Now it's like, oh, I've got to really represent myself here. This is how mm. people see me. Yeah, it can be a burden to feel like I, I know I personally, you know, as one of the managers of Brave Parenting's social media accounts, it can feel very burdensome to have to feel like you have to post right, to represent yourself. So yeah, I think that that's very wise of you to, to be able, really emotionally, emotional intelligence is what you're showing that you have to be able to recognize your feelings and then do something about it. That's fantastic. So Thank what you. apps do you have and that you use most right now? So I have Pinterest, Facebook, and I have a few games. I honestly spend a lot of time on games. I know that sounds kind of funny, but <laughs> sometimes I'm bored. I'm just like playing a game. Um, That's kind of like your distractor. Instead of yeah, scrolling Instagram, you play a game. Exactly. Yeah, or Pinterest. But I'm trying not to be on Pinterest too much. I find myself kind of wishing for a lot of things, which isn't good. They're like all of any app, honestly, just distracting and taking time away from other things. And I don't know, just that I feel like every app has that want. You just are mm -hmm. wanting things all the time. And I just kind of, that's tiring for me. So just out of curiosity, if it's not an embarrassing game to say, what games do you love the most right now? Okay, so I love trivia crack because I love trivia. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's so fun. Um, I love Words with Friends. And then there's this one game that's kind of like Candy Crush, but it's called, um, this is called um, Hutchington Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's like Candy Crush, basically. But yeah, it's really fun. That's okay. I mean, I think yeah. that I mean, as I listen to you, and I didn't know this, actually, I didn't know this detail at all. But I can, I can see it, and I actually kind of appreciate it. As a young adult, I almost think, wow, I mean, I'd almost rather you spend a little time vegging, kind of like taking a break from school, work, life, all of that, and playing games versus on a, a social media feed that can make you jealous or, you mm -hmm. know, feel greed or envy or any of these really, like, character traits that can really bear down hard on us in the life that yeah. we want to live. Let's talk about what about the trendy kind of our life is consumed by media. Do you have food delivery apps? Do you use those? Do you use online banking? 
I don't have any of the online banking. So no, like, Venmo or Cash App? No, yeah. People at work always ask me because sometimes we go eat, and they're like, I'll Venmo you. And I'm like, I don't have that. Do you have cash? Like, I just don't want to get the app. <laughs> just pay me in cash. But they're like, you need to get the Venmo. But, yeah, no, I don't have any of those. During COVID, I did use some of the food delivery apps at times just because we couldn't really go out. Mm-hmm. But I don't have them on my phone. Like, I delete them after I use them because I don't, I'm not, like, going to use it all the time. Sure, sure, yeah. So I'm, yeah, but I've had them, yeah. Yeah. I know some people of your generation, like, now rely on them. They love it. I mean, it is very convenient. I'll have to say, during COVID, I also used it for the first time and did find it um, quite delightful. <laughs> oh, right. You get food delivered to your house. And it's so easy and fast. I thought, wow. But I, too, I, I too had to set limits. Like, this is not something I'm going to regularly do. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. And so... I mean, it's so expensive. It is. Yeah. And just a side note for everybody, although we have talked about this in other episodes, to order from DoorDash or any of the other apps, it is more expensive. The food is more expensive mm-hmm. than just going to pick it up. It's true. It's crazy. So let's talk about... Parents who are really struggling with social media being so addictive, um, mm-hmm. and they're, it's hard, right? We have to, as parents, give up control when our kids are, you know, 17, getting ready to graduate high school, they're 18. We really can't, oh, that, that's the word, we cannot be controlling their screen time, tracking their location while they're at college. These, you're an adult. And so mm-hmm. we're really letting go of those restrictions. From your point of view, how does that feel? Does that feel like exhilarating? Like I don't have to worry about my parents knowing where I'm at or, you know, tracking my screen time, whether or not you had that. Or is it Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is all on me. I have to make sure that I'm managing my own time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm really responsible for myself. Yeah. So I never had any time limits on my phone set by my parents. I think they trusted me a lot. And I know that isn't the case for everybody. But I actually set my own limits when I was 16 or 17 um, on my phone, just on some apps, mostly the ones that I was on a lot that it's like, you can't be on this so much. If I'm being honest, I don't always follow my time limits. But it does keep me accountable for time I'm spending on my phone. And I feel like that does a lot just for my screen time. I'm constantly, not constantly checking my screen time, but I glimpse at it every now and again mm-hmm. to, you know, check on how I'm doing. I don't like to go over like three hours. I don't know how bad that sounds, but that's, I don't like to go over three uh, hours. For your age, I think that's actually quite low, to be honest. Oh, okay. I have, um, well, not only do I have some children, um, but I have had a lot of teens probably around your age report theirs to me anonymously, you know, sort of as a as a survey and it really is up to 7 to 9 hours a day oh, wow. for for a lot of teenagers your age. So I applaud you. I think that's fantastic. You. If you can keep it at 3 hours, that's really awesome. So maybe you might not be the norm in this situation, but really a great yeah. role model of really your parents trusted you. Hey, set your own mm-hmm. time limits and and sort of didn't put that restriction on you and you really stepped in and was able to do that. Now, do you have concerns about when you go to college? I have interviewed a a few college age people and they say that college is very different than what they 
thought it would be because instead of meeting friends really easily when you get to class, everybody stares mm-hmm. at their phone. And it's very right. much a phone oriented environment where everybody yeah. just sort of is on their phone. And if you, you know, happen to talk to someone, well, then that's great. <laughs> is that something that right. you think about? I don't. Like, I, I guess this is similar to what I said about how I, I filtered out my friends a little bit when I got rid of Instagram, just kind of seeing who your real friends are. I know that people who want to talk to me will text me. So I feel like giving out my number or whatever that looks like is enough for me. I don't really worry about missing out on things. I just trust how people will feel about me. Based on your character. I just don't think I, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to rely on like a 10 second Snapchat. Oh, amen. Right. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. so true. While we're there, since you brought it up as an 18 year old, tell me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Snapchat? So I really don't like Snapchat at all. I got rid of that also around the same time I got rid of Instagram from some very good advice. I got rid of it. I don't really understand sending a 10 second picture. You have to look really good or you send a picture of a wall. I don't really get it. Um, (laughs) Always posting on your story, what you're doing, who you're hanging out with. When I had it, I was constantly bitter, constantly bitter at people Mm. for not inviting me to things. My friend hanging out with this friend without me, I just didn't get it. But then you realize it's like, well, I have the friends that will talk to me. I have these friends. I don't need this app to make me feel bad every day. Mm. I was just on it all the time. It was such a burden. So I don't know. Do you know like what streaks are on on Snapchat? Oh, yes. I am very familiar with streaks. (laughs) Yes. So I had, so this was before I kind of like realized I don't really need social media. I had a streak that was over a year long. Wow. I don't know how that measures up to a lot of people's. I'm sure people do a lot higher than that. But that was pretty long for me. And I remember I went to church camp one year and I was like, we couldn't have our phones. So I was like, someone has to keep my streaks. I was having so much anxiety that I was going to lose these streaks. So I gave someone my password and username so that they could do my streaks every day while I was at camp. Mm-hmm. I had this anxiety that it's like people are going to be disappointed if I don't send them a picture of my wall today. <laughs> people are going to freak out. And I just didn't feel good. Like I didn't feel good all of camp. And it just like ruined the time for me because I was just worried about this dumb act. Wow. It was so weird. And I don't like feeling that way. It just isn't fun. It's not fun to feel like you owe people things. Like you have to send them pictures all the time. So I ended up getting rid of it. But yeah, I don't really like Snapchat. Mm. So those parents who are listening who don't know what a streak is, even though I, we have had several podcasts on Snapchat, a streak is when you send someone a picture every single day and then they send you one back and you have this ongoing streak of snaps, essentially. And so Snapchat so kindly keeps track of that number for you and gives you that total every day and reminds you via notifications, hey, don't lose your streak, right? And like you said, a lot of people don't even take a valid picture. They just take a picture of the wall just in order to keep the streak up. So I think that's really profound that you were able to realize that it was a burden and that you didn't need that in your life. Mm-hmm. Because your story, what you said right there about, I'm so determined, like I've got to keep my streaks up and giving your login and password to someone else. That's been done so many times. I've heard that story from parents. Mm-hmm. I've heard it from young you know, teenage, middle school girls, that is not uncommon. And I really think that speaks to the really how addictive nature of Snapchat. 
I mean, they really mm-hmm. kind of, they kind of have you hooked with those streaks. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan either of Snapchat, but I know that it is considered to be the most important app in your age range. Your generation mm-hmm. considers it the most important. But you said you don't feel like you're missing out because you know that the, those friends who are important are going to communicate with you. Exactly, yes. Do your friends, when you gather with them, when you get together face-to-face with these friends that you have, are they, did you kind of maybe rub off a little bit? Or do they still use the social media a lot? Are they on their phones when you're not during gatherings? Or have you guys kind of all matured out of that? So I think it's a little bit mixed. I think that definitely they've grown out of it a little bit in a sense, but I don't know necessarily that I've rubbed off on them. I don't want to say anything bad. They are on their phones a lot, but I guess it's just kind of how it's been. They just, but I I do think that they've matured a lot and have kind of realized like, we got to talk, we got to do other things. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't just sit around on our phones all the time. Right. Obviously there'll be points where it's like, we're just on our phones or they're, or, you know, whatever. But I think that for them, as they've matured, they have kind of weaned off of it a bit, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know for those parents who've yet to have those 18-year-olds graduating high school to know that it does get, you know, it does get a little bit better as ter- in terms of face-to-face. Now, just out of curiosity, do you still talk on the phone? Do you use FaceTime a lot or is it pretty much primarily text messages? I talk on the phone a lot. I do a lot of FaceTime with friends, with family. Um, I love talking on the phone. I'm not a big fan of texting. I have a lot of feelings and I'm very dramatic, so it's hard for me to come across on text. And it honestly gives me a lot of anxiety to text. I just feel like I'd rather hear your voice, see your face, see your feelings. It's just a lot easier for me to interpret. That's not saying that I need a picture of you, but I like to talk. You know, if I can't see you face to face, I'd like to talk on the phone rather than text you. I think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I know I feel the same way. I text because it seems to be like the social standard, but I would so much rather be on a conversation with someone, even if it was for two minutes, than to be texting over 10 minutes. Because I totally agree. It's very hard to convey those feelings. And I think a lot of people actually feel that way. Maybe at least the extroverts out there in the world. (laughs) I think there are people who for sure are, you know, thank the Lord that there is text messaging so they don't have to talk. But I think it is by far a more effective mode of communication. And especially around your age when it's hard, you know, communication is hard. Yeah. So, okay, one final question, and we don't have to know what we're just, you know, just kind of curious, you know, as parents, you know, have you done stuff on social media or on the internet throughout your middle school and high school years that you regret? So I would not say anything like, like specific, but just the fact of how much I was posting, I just realized people don't need to see everything you do everywhere you go. Everyone, you know, you know, people don't need to see all that because the truth is that things aren't as glamorous as you put them out to be. And I feel like everyone knows that that's true. Even when they're posting that great photo of all your friends hugging and so beautifully edited. That's just not how life is. And I just don't, I regret putting out there that everything was so good Mm, all the time. I just mm -hmm. feel like that was just such a big lie. Um, So I definitely think just the fact that I just 
felt like I had to post all the time. Yeah. Now, is there is there pictures that you look back at that are maybe still online that you're like embarrassed, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's still out there? Probably just like my like fifth grade, sixth grade selfies that I posted <laughs> that have just horrible captions, horrible quotes. <laughs> They're just not, they're so, they're very cringy, I, but I think they're still out there. Yeah, right, right. And I, I think that every right. young person who has Instagram, I mean, I did not have Instagram back in the 80s, and I can tell you that I am embarrassed just looking at my own fifth and sixth grade picture that was taken <laughs> in school. <laughs> right. So I can't imagine any silly caption I would have put on it, or much less if I would have taken that picture myself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome. Molly, if you Mm -hmm. had advice, you know, for parents of those 13-year-olds, those 12, 13, they're getting ready to go into seventh grade-ish, right around there, what would you say, like, maybe to your own 12 or 13-year-old self or to those parents about whether or not, you know, they allow them to sort of jump into the social media scene, the Snapchat, the Instagram. Now we didn't even talk about this, but TikTok. All of that, mm-hmm. um, it can be really hard because the pressures that the kids put on us is so hard. What would you say as an 18-year-old looking back who had that? Maybe this will help, you know, seeing me 18 now, looking back being 13. If I could tell myself something, it would be probably that the amount of likes on whatever you post don't define your worth. Your worth lies in, in Jesus Christ who mm. knows you, loves you, and treasures you. And I feel like if I had realized that earlier, growing up would have been a lot easier for me. That's so awesome. So I hope that that can show parents, you know, who are struggling now or don't really know what to do, that their kid might have been feeling the same way, you know, that their worth lies in how other people see them. I think that that's absolutely true. And that's really the stance that we take at Brave Parenting is the one reason why we really recommend delayed access to social media is because... Kids need time to develop their worth outside of public opinion. And nowadays, it's quantified. It's quantified by likes. It's quantified by followers, by streaks. And, and that's such a lie. It, it's, it's an absolute lie that I think is really destroying the worth of, of so many young people. So thank you, Molly. That is awesome and profound. And I know a lot of us, especially as Christian parents, you know, it is hard to hold fast. It is hard to be brave and say, no, we're going to wait. I don't think you're ready yet. You know, your self-worth. And really, we know our children. We know whether or not their worth is defined in public opinion. Um, And I just encourage you, um, as Molly has said, to maybe hold off and make sure their their worth is is defined in the Lord, that's defined in, in who they are, their character, and not Um, what their friends are doing, (laughs) not what their friends like, and really not just jumping on every trend out there on social media. So thank you, Molly, so much for joining us. We want to... Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We want to wish you such good luck at college in the fall. Thank you. And congratulations on your high school graduation. It's such an awesome time for you. Even though you might not have had a real ceremony Um, it's still really awesome to move on and transition into that next stage of life. So we're really excited for you. Thank you. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of our episode. If you missed anything in the show or you want to learn more, or if you have any questions for Molly, you can find us or email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. 
for an in-depth look at how you can build strong character, right, like Molly, using the technology children love. You can pick up a copy of our book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available online at Amazon. And hey, don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on iTunes, Google, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media, and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next week, go and be brave. <laughs>